Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson. And today I have a question from a mom whose teenager confided in her that he's been smoking marijuana as a way to cope with COVID anxiety, stress of online school, and just everything that emotionally that he's been dealing with. And the mom is, has written in and is just kind of asking me about how to address this with their son. She can't really tell, like, is he concerned about his marijuana use and wanting her input and wanting her to set boundaries, but she's not really sure exactly how to respond to his admission. And so I brought on with me today to help me answer this question, an expert in the field and also my best friend, Marlena Mihirin. Marlena, welcome to the program. Thank you, Tori. I'm so happy to be here today. So why don't you introduce yourself, kind of what your job is and how you came to be this expert in the field. Well, I work up in Northern California and I work out of our County Office of Education working with teachers and all of our middle schools and high schools to bring anti-vaping, marijuana, prevention education into the classroom. And so um, when I first started, we focused mainly on vaping nicotine, but then it became very clear that uh, lots and lots of youth are dual users or exclusively uh, smoking, vaping, marijuana. And so we've really incorporated that into our programs too. And with the legalization of marijuana happening in many, many states, we are seeing with kids or teenagers, I should say, like the attitude towards it is becoming much more lax. Are you seeing an increase in usage because of legalization? Well, that's a little bit hard to answer, to be honest. Uh, the amount of usage was already pretty high in our community before it was legalized. We live in an area of California where there are a lot of marijuana growers, where it is a widely accepted practice in many homes uh, to use marijuana. So, I'm, you know, I actually don't have the date on that if it has increased in our community as of yet due to legalization, but there definitely is a decre decreased perception of harm amongst youth, both in our area and really nationwide. And it's a little bit ironic because as their perception of harm has decreased, the actual risk of using marijuana has increased as the products have become more potent recently. Okay. So what would you say to this mom whose teenager has kind of said, hey, I'm using marijuana to help me cope with stress and anxiety? What would you suggest she's say to her son? How does she open up this conversation? I mean, he kind of opened it up, but how does she like follow up this conversation? Yeah, it's a real tricky conversation to have. And, you know, it varies a little bit depending on how old the 
the child is. So you're saying this is a teenager, which means that, um, you know, technically it's not legal for them to be using marijuana if they live in a state where it's, it is legal in most states that's 21 and older. So if we're talking about a teenager, it's definitely not legal for them. So that would be a conversation to have, but usually that, you know, is not a deterrent for a young person who's interested in using drugs or alcohol. So I definitely think that since the son is bringing up this question, I would dig for more information. Um, to me, the fact that the conversation was started in the first place means that probably he is feeling concerned on some level about using marijuana regularly, or else he probably wouldn't have mentioned it. So when I go into the classroom and talk to teenagers, the most common reasons they give me for using marijuana would be either one, they just think it's fun, they like to, you know, party on the weekends with it, or exactly what this mom is asking about here, that they use it because they can't sleep at night or to deal with stress or to deal with anxiety. So the first question would be, why are, why is he using it? And he's already shared that. But for moms in general, if this is a situation that either you discover your child is using or they bring, bring it to your attention, I would try to figure out why they're using it um, because the approach is different depending on the reason. So if they're using it to cope and to manage their emotions, it seems like a great opportunity to talk about some healthy alternatives to substance use for using those things. Um, so I actually always encourage parents to begin by looking at the way they are managing their own stress and anxiety. Um, it's also very common for grownups to come home and the first thing they do is have a glass of wine or have a beer because they're stressed. And our kids, of course, see that. So there's no judgment on my part at all about you know, adults drinking alcohol or using marijuana, that's a different situation. But I do think it's important to first look at their own way of handling stress. You know, are we showing modeling for our kids healthy ways to manage stress? And if we aren't, that can be a great starting point is to talk about, you know, I also am not managing my stress great. Maybe we can start brainstorming together some healthy ways that we can cope, whether it's doing art, journaling, going for a walk, exercising, you know, FaceTiming our friends. Um, you brought up COVID and, you know, this was already a big, marijuana use was already a really big issue for a lot of parents and teens before COVID, but it definitely has intensified for a lot of both adults and young people because we do have this sort of underlying vibration of stress just as a society right now. So I am definitely hearing from more and more parents about how can they support their kids during this really challenging time for many of us. Now that makes sense. I, I was thinking too, when you're talking about like healthy alternatives for managing stress, I think one of the most common ways now is people are using the apps on their phones, like the call map or the simple habit or like the meditation uh, the like bedtime stories to help them fall asleep. And that's such a kind of a quick and easy thing to model for your kids. Like it doesn't take any time or effort just to put an app on their phone and show them how to use it. Yeah, absolutely. And as you know, we're moving into late fall, soon into winter, some of our options of getting outside are going to be more limited. So really thinking through right now, what are some indoor ways that I can manage stress is really important because for a lot of us, once that weather shifts, just usually we tend to feel a little bit more anxious or a little bit more prone to depression. And with COVID on top of that, um, I think it's going to be really important to be proactive and looking for 
these healthy ways to cope. Yeah. What do you think that teenagers should know about, you mentioned the increased potency where it's kind of not the same marijuana that we had or we were exposed to when we were younger, that the potency has really increased. So what kind of information do you think teens need to know before they start introducing this into their system? Oh, that's such an important thing that you bring up, Tori, because I actually didn't really know before I started digging into this topic just how different marijuana is today from when I was a teenager. Um, When, you know, back in the 80s, when people were smoking marijuana or eating pot brownies or that kind of thing, THC, which is the psychoactive ingredient in the cannabis plant, um, is so that's what makes a person high. The the levels of that were about three to five percent THC in a in a product, and now we're seeing marijuana plants that are at about thirty percent THC, and then some of our edibles and the oils that people vape they could be upwards of ninety percent THC. So we're talking about going from three to five percent to ninety percent, which really it's just a completely different drug and a completely different effect that it has on a person. And one of the reasons why the legal age for buying marijuana is 21 is because the effects of any drug or substance, alcohol, on a young person is just different than it is on an adult. Our brains are still developing up until about the age of 25. And until that time, we just all are more prone to addiction and to having strong effects from using these products. So I think that's another thing that teenagers and young adults need to be aware of is that, you know, if they're curious about these things, the longer they can wait to try them, if ultimately they are going to try them, the less risk there is. Because the earlier they try these things and start using these things, just the more risk there is for their health as well as for addiction. Um, And I think that's something that it's important for parents to know too. Back in the 80s, 90s, when a lot of us were growing up, Marijuana was not considered an addictive drug, and it now is. It has been reclassified just due to the potency. Wow. So um, I think, you know, that education piece is really important so that people really know what they're deciding, whether they're deciding to use or to not use these things. They know what the risks are that, uh, you know, potentially could happen. Yeah, I could. I, I agree. I think that it's important because especially like you said that the general attitude towards pot is that, Oh, it's legal. It's not that big of a deal. It's harmless. But I think if kids, teens knew that, you know, whatever substance, if it's a brain altering substance and they introduce it to their, (laughs) into their system at a young age, that the brain will start to form around it because it's in such a rapid growth period that it's it, and it's very easy for it to build a dependency on this substance in order to kind of like stabilize it so like as it's growing and forming it's going to become it's going to cause that person to become more dependent on that substance to relax to calm down whatever And I think most teenagers, they don't like feeling dependent, right? That there's something innate in a teenager that makes them want to be independent. That makes them want to feel like I'm free to do whatever I want to do. And so maybe the idea that 
they're going to be controlled by a substance, that they're going to be dependent on it, might kind of tap into that innate teenage rebellion and make them think twice about it. Yeah, I think that absolutely could work with um, some young people. You know, one thing that I've discovered at doing this line of work is that there's not one strategy that works for everyone. Um, so part of it is knowing your kid and knowing what's important to them. So, you know, like if good health is important to your child, bringing in the facts that this really is not healthy for you could be helpful. If it's somebody who's really driven and has a lot of goals for themselves, well, talking about how substance use of any kind, but especially marijuana, oftentimes really unmotivates us, Um, you know, makes people sit around, not accomplish much, you know, whether it's that, like we said early on, they're using it to manage their stress or to sleep. The irony there is that oftentimes marijuana has a boomerang effect where initially, yes, they may feel calm or less anxious, be able to go to sleep, but it actually disrupts sleep cycles. It can increase anxiety, it can increase depression. And so it's sort of this, you know, unfortunate cycle that can begin where, you know, initially they they use it in an experiment with it and then they become dependent on it to sleep. But then they also develop sleep problems because they're using it often and then, need you know, it just cycles around and around. Right. Yeah, I think that's really important because I, I think there is that like immediate gratification of like, oh, like I feel less stressed. I feel, uh, you know, not as anxious as I was before, this is a good thing. But then we got to look at the long term, not just the short term. Yeah. And, you know, I have a a young man that I bring around with me to the schools to share his story of how really his life spiraled out of control pretty significantly when he was in high school. He started as a freshman in high school, star baseball player, you know, big goals, big dreams, and really became dependent on marijuana and it escalated into even stronger drugs. And he will say to students, you know, I used to depend on marijuana to sleep, you know, every single night. But the irony there was that he didn't have problems sleeping until he started using marijuana. You know, he also talked about the fact that it's not easy to stop, that it's uncomfortable. Even like learning to be sober again was uncomfortable for him. Um, So I think that if, you know, there are moms listening who already have teenagers, young adults who are pretty dependent on it, it's important to look for extra help and extra support. with this because it isn't easy to stop once they're really used to to using it. And for my super moms out there, we have a hard time watching our kids be uncomfortable. You know, we want to fix it. We want to make them feel better. And so to kind of, in, in a way, it's like saying like, okay, my job is to encourage you to sit with the discomfort Like that's where life coaching comes in really handy for moms (laughs) who have to watch their kids and sometimes encourage them to, to be uncomfortable, to be disappointed as a life coach. This is the important part of life. We're not supposed to be happy and comfortable all the time. And so what we want to do when we have something like COVID, like online school, when there's stressors and anxiety is If we mask it, if we take it away with a substance, then we never get to to the 
the good stuff, the root cause, like what is the cause of the anxiety? You know, what is it I'm telling myself on a regular basis that's making me feel so stressed? How am I thinking about school? This is terrible and it sucks and I have to do it and it's and it's stupid and I'm never going to be in it. You know, like is your negative, is your self-talk very negative and very self-defeating? If so, we want to take a look at that and learn to think in a way and that doesn't make you feel like a prisoner who's trapped because that's not a healthy way. Right? We want to look at, okay, here we've had this crazy COVID year of 2020 where there's been so many just kind of adjustments, right? We want to take a look at that and we say, what has this year taught me about me? What have I learned that I want more of in the future and less of? Um, you know, what about it have I enjoyed that I want to carry with me? And what have I really missed? And so, like, if you're really missing, let's say, playing a sport, which, you know, my heart goes out to all the athletes out there who were really looking forward to a very competitive year in sports, and then they have it taken away from them. So, if you're sitting at home missing sports, I, I'm afraid that if you use marijuana to cover up that feeling, that you're not then going to find creative ways to exercise, to get that part, that need met of yours. You're not going to go out there and like introduce yourself to the neighbor kids and say, hey, let's all go outside and throw a football around, you know, like the, there's we need people to be really inventive and creative right now and find new ways to get their needs met. And sometimes it's by helping others, you know, cause there's other kids next door who miss having PE and like, you could be a really great asset. If you took it outside and taught them some games, they would love to play with a teenager. And so my concern as a life coach is by ignoring the, or not, not ignoring, but covering up, with the short-term fix of marijuana, the, the longing, the sadness, the frustrations, the disappointment we, is that you will miss out on all this incredible opportunity to make your life better in the whole big picture of things, like from now until forever. So like that listening to the discomfort, listening to what is, why are you stressed? What's that about? Like, that's where the magic is. I, mean, I feel like everybody needs a life coach right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is just a tough time for all of us. And um, I think having extra compassion for our kids right now is really important. Um and, you know, Tori, I'm pretty sure you already reposted on your Facebook a graphic that I put up, but I'd be happy to share it again, um, where it shows the different chemicals that make us feel good that oftentimes youth turn to drugs to, to feel like um, dopamine and that sort of thing. And it shows how to naturally get a hit of these different happiness chemicals in your body without using substances. And I mean, I thought it was really cool just as a grown up, like, wow, I can laugh and my body releases this chemical that makes me feel good. Or, you know, I can call a friend or eat some chocolate or, you know, it has a whole bunch of different ideas to feel good naturally. Um, and I think that learning those tricks 
can be really helpful. And then also just acknowledging that, yeah, it makes sense that you're anxious right now. It makes sense that you're struggling with depression right now. This is a hard time for a lot of us and not something we anticipated. And um, so even just giving our kids opportunity to vent and to share what they're going through uh, can be really helpful. Yeah. And, and consider, you know, hiring a life coach for your teenager. I mean, it's just, if you think about you're young, like if you have a child who's an athlete, you're not going to expect them to go through, you know, playing all these different levels of sports without a coach. Like the coach is there to help optimize their skill set, their talents, to teach them some things, maybe show them a different perspective, you know, have that outsider's view. Well, right now, a lot of kids are struggling with just life in general. And so to have an outsider's perspective, somebody to kind of guide them, help them see their own innate talents and skill set, I think it would just be, it's just really, really helpful, From, but not just temporarily, but really from now until for the rest of their life is to be able to kind of, oh, like life just got the, I just got the rug pulled out from me. You know, I was planning on uh, going out for a scholarship to college and now I just tore my ACL, right? Like these things happen and just in life and learning the skill set of how to cope when the rug gets pulled out from under you is a great lifelong skill. I mean, I've been doing it myself and I feel so grateful to have the ability to like know how to handle it, know what to do. So I've been just like doing journal writing like every day and like, what's going on for me? What am I missing? What am I yearning for? What would I, you know, if COVID ended tomorrow, what would I do differently? And just really trying to like be very introspective and asking myself all these questions so that I can kind of find out, okay, I know I'm missing excitement, I'm missing novelty, I'm missing friends and connection. And what can I do today to create that? And then make it a list of like, I go, it's like 20 things I can do to create excitement and novelty. And you know, Marlene, sometimes it's as simple as like asking somebody to like go for a walk with me. Like somebody new, a friend that I've never maybe talked to before or somebody I've talked to, but I haven't done anything. It's like taking that emotional risk. And I think with with teenagers, this is a big, this produces a lot of feel-good chemicals. When you take that emotional risk and you say like, hey, I know we haven't really hung out before, but would you like to meet on Zoom and study together? Or do you want to, you know, come over and go for a hike together or something to like put yourself out there, be willing to be rejected that and, but also have the upside of the long-term reward. And like you're saying that was serotonin. That's like that a brain chemical gets produced when we connect with other humans, oxytocin. I don't remember which one it is, but then you get the long-term benefit, but it feels uncomfortable in the short term, you know, to take, to have courage, to be willing to be rejected. Like you've got to be able to sit with that discomfort to tell the neighbor you want to babysit her kids is like, that's it. Is we feel vulnerable. And so we want our teenagers to have lots of experiences of feeling vulnerable, of feeling uncomfortable, but towards a long-term goal rather than saying, I'm just going to, you know, stay inside and not change the way I'm thinking, not change my actions and just find ways to cope with it. 
And I think as moms, that's an area we can help our kids because these are skills they may not have that may be, you know, so uncomfortable that they're not going to do that no matter what. So the way, however we can help them and support them with that, I think is, you know, something as moms, we always want to take action. Um, so I think that that's an area that we can help and support them. I also think circling back around to this mom who wrote in to you, kudos to her for the fact that her son felt comfortable talking to her about this. You know, I know you and I, Tori, always have this underlying strong value and belief that in every class we teach and support we provide for parents, one of our number one goals is that we're helping parents and their kids keep the lines of communication open. And that's huge, especially when we're talking about big stuff like this. And I know personally, I'm the mom of two teenage daughters. Sometimes they share stuff. And honestly, my first instinct is I don't want to know that. <laughs> like, don't tell me that. Now, what am I, how do I have to handle this now? Um, right. You know, just... it's, it's sometimes we wish we could put, you know, push pause and think through, oh my gosh, how are we going to, what are we going to do now? Um, but ultimately, We want them to be able to come to us and to share even when we don't like what they're sharing because then we can still guide them and support them when we have at least somewhat of a picture of what they're going through. Yeah. I think when we're avoiding a topic, it's coming from fear. So if we can do our own kind of work to calm down the fears and, you know, any futurizing and catastrophizing that we might be doing... We want to kind of flesh that out. I would like to write it all out of my paper, my journal, and just like, what am I imagining? What is the worst case scenario here? And just kind of get that out of my system. So then I can say, okay, who do I want to be? What do I want to say? And what is the emotion I want to be in when I'm talking about it? And I think that's the most important thing is thinking about the energy with which you discuss these topics. Do you have any tips on that? Oh, I think you just hit the nail on the head about stopping and thinking through, you know, what our beliefs are on some of these things. And, you know, coming back to this issue of young people using marijuana, when I was a teenager, somebody who used a lot of marijuana was a stoner, right? It was somebody who was in my mind, like unmotivated, didn't get good grades, didn't care about school, kind of lazy, the typical Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Today, that is not how young people see someone who uses a lot of marijuana. In fact, I have been blown away at times when somebody has talked about using marijuana maybe five times a week and their peers will say, oh, okay, well, they don't have a problem with it then. Like that's not very much. Um, five times where, a week is not very much. Holy right. Smoke. That's what a lot of you think. Um, not all, of course, but uh, you know, I've heard that many times. And so I think it's easy for us as moms to go to this place of if we find out that our young person is using marijuana regularly, oh my gosh, I have a stoner child. Like, what does this mean? Um, And that's not the reality in which they're living for starters. And two, obviously those thoughts aren't going to be very helpful with supporting them and trying to take action to make sure that they're developing healthy coping strategies and not an addiction kind of situation. Yeah. If you think your child might be addicted, is the conversation different than in this case with this mom who's, whose teenager just kind of confided said, I'm using it? Like how is it, or is the conversation the same either way? 
I think it's different. I think the starting point would be to figure out whether or not it seems as though they do have a dependency issue. So even with this mom who's talking to her son, that would be a conversation I would want to have is, well, how often are you using it? Um, mm. You know, at what point do you think you would be using it too much? Um, a year from now, how do you think you might feel if you're still using it? every night to sleep or whatever that, you know, so kind of getting them to reflect on some of these choices they're making and what that might look like in the future. And, you know, at what point they might recognize that they have a problem and from their answers, you know, trying to kind of figure out whether or not you do think that there is a dependency issue beginning. There are professionals in every community that can help with this sort of thing. Where we live, we have a teen clinic, we have outpatient and inpatient, you know, dependency counselors. So, you know, I am confident that if if a parent determines that, you know, we really need some professional help with this, that just by doing a Google search, you will find that in your local community. And then, you know, these are experts who can really help figure out whether or not that's the case for your child. Um, but definitely a conversation is worth having to, to figure that out. So like, how often are you using a year from now, if you're still using, like, what do you, what will you think about that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. And then you said one other question that you thought was good. Um, how, how often would you feel like you would need to be using where you would feel like you had a problem with it. Okay. It's like, like at what point? Yeah. What point? Like how, how often? Yeah. Would you be smoking pot for you to feel like you had, yeah, that this was a problem for you because that will be insightful also to take a look at that. And yeah. I would say err on the side of caution. If you think this is going down a direction that is not good, get some professional help. Even if your child doesn't have an addiction, they can still get some help either through a life coach or a dependency counselor or, um, to, to figure out what's going on. Right. You can still just deal with the anxiety or something. If that's the Absolutely. cause or the stress, like let's, let's at least deal with the stress and the anxiety, if not the marijuana use. Yes, absolutely. What about, so in, in this case with this mom, is there a way you would suggest like she's open up the conversation, start it? Should she have pamphlets? I have the picture of Glee, you know, the counselor from Glee with all her pamphlets. <laughs> yeah. um, well, there's a lot of different approaches, obviously, she could take. If it were me, I would start by thanking my child for bringing this up, mm. that I'm so glad that they felt comfortable to share it with me and that I've been thinking more about it. And so if, you know, I'd like to talk further about it just so I can get a clear picture of what's going on and then ask some of these questions we were just talking about, like, how often are you using it? And I think trying to stay as calm and neutral with our tone, even though it's a challenge, is really important um, because they will pick up really quickly if we're coming from a place of panic or anger or any of those things. And, you know, that could shut them down on their communication. So, yeah, start by thanking them for coming to you and that you've thought more about it and would like to revisit it and then kind of figure out exactly what's going on. Yeah, I learned the hard way to not talk to my teenager when I'm feeling a sense of urgency. Even if it sounded in my head like it was a good, productive conversation that needed to happen, if I felt any sort of like, I have to talk to right now, that sense of urgency, that was always my sign that I was in fear. Yeah. 
And it was like, I would needed to discharge my anxiety and like kind of take all my fears and just plop it on him, which was not very nice or helpful. And it didn't give me the results I wanted. He's just like, oh my God, mom, you're so annoying. Get away from me. Like, I don't want to hear anything you have to say, you know? Right. So once I learned how to, you know, release the fear then, and be in that calm, neutral place, then it's like, you know, conversation just opens up. So watch that sense of urgency. (laughs) Yeah. And if you're feeling that way, I think talking to your partner, to a a girlfriend, journaling, like dumping all that out first before going to your child is really good. And, you know, this is not uncommon. I have my older daughter's a freshman in college living on her own this year. And almost every time I talk to her, she tells me of some student living nearby her who, you know, really using drugs too much or having, you know, psychotic episodes because they're using so many drugs. And so this is not uncommon. And obviously that's not what this mom wrote in about, but I think that there are a lot of young people who aren't living in dorms because of COVID. They're not very well supervised. They maybe really aren't ready to be living on their own. And they're, you know, experimenting with a lot of stuff that is problematic. So It just not to put all that out there as a scary thing, but just more the importance of let them share with you if they're wanting to and go from there. Right. And to me, it actually makes it more compelling because then you're not just helping your own kid. You're empowering your kid to be on the lookout to help others right? Like if you can talk about, these are the risks, these are some of the side effects, these are some of the, which, you know, we haven't really talked about, but if they can get more information about like, what are some signs that it's gone too far and, you know, the paranoia and the, some some signs of addiction and things like that, like then you can empower your, your teenager, your young adult to be a resource, to be of help, to roommates, to neighbors, to friends that they see might be struggling. Yeah. And Tori, I think that's great advice. And if there are moms listening who want more information on what are the exact health risks, what do I need to know? I can share with you our website. And if you want to link to it in the show notes, Mm -hmm. um, listeners can click on that and, you know, find all sorts of science-based information on the health risks of, of marijuana use for young people. Yeah, I think it would be great for them to be able to like kind of for moms to educate themselves and then to share it with their kiddos to try and keep them safe, but also all the other kiddos out there because, you know, it's it takes a village, as they say. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Might as well look out for everyone while we're at it. Well, thank you so much for being on the program today. I really appreciate having you here to help me answer a question that was a tough one to answer. So Anytime. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. And you guys, I will love you and leave you. Take care. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.